So when I lived in L.A., I actually went to the world-famous comedy store uh, quite a bit, and we talk about that in this podcast. But uh, one particular time when I had gone, Polly Shore had uh, actually sat me down, me and a buddy of mine, in the front row, and Joe Rogan was performing. And uh, he was doing his stand-up, and beforehand, actually, let me rewind a little bit, Polly had introduced us to Joe, and we had actually bought him some drinks, and he was really cool and kicked back, and it was a lot of fun. And, uh, well, like I said, we sat in the front row, and during his performance, my buddy decided to get up to go use the restroom. Well, if you've ever been to a show, being in the first row and then getting up never ends well. And he was definitely uh, called out by Joe Rogan. And, you know, basically Joe Rogan told him to go walk onto Sunset Boulevard into oncoming traffic and basically kill himself because he got up in the middle of his act. So I got super defensive and... I'm not going to lie, I was scared shitless. I mean, Joe Rogan, he would have just beat my ass. But, you know, we laughed it off, ended up okay, and uh, we went on. And actually, months later, my same buddy uh, ran into Joe again at a swimming pool and actually uh, smoked some weed with him. And he ended up being really cool, and he had apologized for uh, that whole thing. And, you know, it was just an act, and... Uh, it was my first encounter with uh, something like that, and I just thought it was funny. But the reason I'm talking about the world-famous comedy store and stand-up comedy in itself is I have an amazing guest today who actually has her name on the wall at the world-famous comedy store and her photo. And if you don't know what the world-famous comedy store is, it's probably one of the most famous comedy clubs in the world and pretty much anybody who's anybody now in comedy started out at the comedy store and uh it's absolutely amazing but my guest today is tanya lee davis you might know her from last comic standing uh she's been in uh austin powers gold member the teaser that actually came out not in the movie but she was in the teaser um, she's done Ted talks and she, she's done so much and it was such a joy. So Tanya is only three foot three and, uh, she's really made a huge impact in the comedy world. And she, yeah, she's been everywhere. And I was not aware of this before this podcast. I knew she was big, but I didn't realize how big she was. But without further ado, I have to let you guys just listen to this. It's absolutely amazing. So without further ado, Here's Tanya Lee Davis this week on TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. Enjoy. TikToking, where creators come to play. TikToking, a TikToking, find out what they have to say. TikToking, a TikToking, fascinating interview. TikToking, a TikToking, TikToking with Kevin Hughes. Tanya, how are you? Pretty good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Where are you calling us from? Uh, well, right now I am in Ohio, in the middle of nowhere. 
Uh, yeah, I just had some uh, shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday night in uh, Burkittsville, Ohio, uh, the most amazing place that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so it was great. All right, and where are you from originally? Uh, I'm originally from Canada. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. And I've been American for about 11 years and then touring internationally doing stand-up comedy for 19 years. Oh, very awesome. Yeah. And, and where do you live currently? Uh, right now we're in Florida. We're going back to Florida tomorrow, but uh, probably in uh, March, April, we're actually moving to Las Vegas. Oh, very cool. Yay! I, my wife and I, uh, we go to Vegas about twice a year. We live in Colorado here, so. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I lived in Vegas a while ago, and I love it. It's The weather's great. The people are fabulous. There's always something to do in Vegas. Yeah. So you've been touring internationally for 19 years, you said? Yes. And how long uh, before that did you start stand-up comedy? Well, January 23rd of this month will be my 32nd year in stand-up comedy. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, that is so God. awesome. And uh, did you have someone that was really your inspiration to get you started in, in stand-up comedy, or what led you to it? Well, uh, so I grew up uh, in Canada, like I mentioned, and uh, my parents got divorced from us quite young. So I was basically uh, parenting in the 70s, was plunking you in front of the television. Right. Uh, nowadays, it's the iPad or the cell phone. Uh, but back then, I, I grew up watching American sitcoms. So I love to laugh. Um, I didn't aspire to be a comedian. I didn't even know that that was a, a genre or a, you could get a job doing a comedy. But I, I wanted to be an actress. Like, I, I just loved to laugh and watch, you know, American sitcoms growing up. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, we lost our lovely Betty White, you know, recently. Oh, know. She was so a huge sad. influence. Robin Williams. You know, I grew up watching uh, funny people. So it wasn't until I started doing children's theater uh, and I... I um, I uh, was dating a guy in the production, and he took me to a comedy club. He was terrible, and I just knew what he was doing wrong. And January 23rd, 1990, they were said, come up on stage, and that was my first time, and I was hooked. Wow. Yeah, here we are. So when you went up for the first time, did you even have a, a, anything written down, or you just went up there and just... Yeah. Well, I had a, about a two-week two week window when they said, you you know, do you think you want to give this a go? So I had a Rolodex of material in my head. I also had a comedy uh, book to help me kind of, you know, uh, construct a joke appropriately or like a setup in the punchline. And that's so it gave me some ideas. But, yeah, I just had, uh, you know, I was kind of a natural off the bat. And then they asked me to come back the following week. And then I died a slow and painful death. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot everything I was saying. My mother had shown up with the neighbors, and I heard somebody's, you know, familiar their laugh, and that was it. I was like, they were like, "Well, at least you gave it a shot," you know. And <laughs> yeah. Like, Here we are, thirty-two years later, still at it. Yeah, that's amazing. And tell us about your tour. Uh, where uh, where are you going? How long is the tour? Is it just you, or do you have uh, some openers? Or well, it's uh, it's an ongoing. I mean, I've been touring nonstop up until the pandemic, and I uh, was actually living internationally. Uh, we were living in England from 2016 to 2020, and it was only because of the pandemic we moved back to the states. So, of course, throughout 2020, living in Florida was a benefit because it was uh, more open than a lot of states. So, I I got to get back into doing uh, some stand up shows. 
Uh, but it wasn't really until like September of 2021 that, you know, I, yeah, I busted out. I, I did a run in Florida. Then I was up in Michigan. Then I went to Las Vegas for a week, Reno for a week, uh, Phoenix, Sacramento, San Francisco, Colorado Springs, Foley, Alabama. Uh, now we're up in Burkittsville, Ohio. And then we start again in two weeks uh, in Virginia, Blacksburg, Virginia, January 12th and uh, Newport News, January 14th and 15th. And I'm going to be actually touring this, the next couple of shows with uh, Shelly Belly, who is Michelle Ryder. Shelly Belly is also on TikTok. Uh, she was in the Netflix, uh, the latest season of The Circle on, the oh. ne on Netflix. So her and I are going to be joining forces for the next uh, couple of shows. And uh, yeah, we're hopefully getting a run in North Carolina coming up. So yeah, good things on the horizon. Yeah, that's amazing. So when you're doing your stand-up, how long typically is a set for you? Well, I mean, this weekend, you know, I did anywhere from an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, uh, just my set alone. So, it, you know, it depends. I think Shelly and I will probably do 45 to an hour each. Uh, you know, we're doing a meet and greet plus a comedy show. So it kind of it just does, um, uh, determines on which uh, the venue that we have and how they're setting it up. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. And so in the pandemic, when, you know, you've basically been touring all this time and then everything just kind of comes to a halt, uh, what, I guess, what did you do to keep yourself busy? Well, uh, before I left the UK, a friend of mine suggested I download an app called TikTok. Okay. Uh, and I had no idea at the time what I was doing was um, actually just putting like 80s music on and recording myself dancing like a fool trying to inspire and motivate and get people moving even though you know they were in lockdown and I have mobility issues and I know a lot of my fans do as well so I was like you know what it doesn't matter if you're just a head on a platter you know keep moving it gets the happy hormones the endorphins going so uh, I kept getting copyright infringements on the old Facebook so my friend said do TikTok so I um I downloaded it and I did a, like an introduction video and she shared it and uh, she her name's comedian Mel Moon she's a comedian in the UK so she kind of boosted me up uh, but then I didn't really know what I was doing so we ended up moving to Florida uh, I I did maybe one or two videos but it wasn't until September of uh, 2020 that I decided to put a comedy bit about the villages in Florida, which is the largest retirement community in North America, uh, and they have the highest sexually transmitted disease rate of oh, wow. any place <laughs> in the world. And I say, you know, when they say nobody gives a hummer like a gummer. <laughs> so I did that joke on TikTok, and within 24 hours, I got a million views. And I was like, wow, okay, now now I know that I could take some of my stand-up bits and try to do them. So, you know, that's my my channel on TikTok is pretty much, you know, dance videos, just me trying to keep, uh, you know, moving and inspire people, but also my comedy and then, you know, videos about my clothes and cutting leggings, you know, off. But I, I try to make it funny and motivational and inspirational. And, and we moved up, we went. I think Jan October 1st, I started going live every day from two to six hours. I had 126,000 followers on October 1st. I mean, I hit a million uh, December 15th. 
And wow. then we went from 1 million to 1.9 million in three weeks. And wow. then it dropped off. Like just, I don't know what happened. It just disappeared. And so I sat there for months and months and months. And it wasn't until I think the end of February uh, when Kevin and I got married that it sort of cracked the algorithm again and uh, started getting some views. And now we're almost at 2.7. So we're plugging away. Yeah, that's amazing. And and you said you uh, got married recently then? Uh, it was 10 months ago. So it'll be one year, February 21st. Wow, congratulations. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, okay. So on TikTok, I mean, I've watched a lot of your stuff and uh, your videos are awesome. Um, I think it's so cool, the energy you have and that you just... You have, I'm 37 and you have more energy than I do. I promise you that. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm a performer, so I'm, sure. I know how to bang, you know, you know, and same with my TikTok lives. People are like, you're so energetic. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't want to come on here when I'm not in a good mood or not, you know, like my purpose is to inspire, motivate, put a, you know, a, a smile and a grin and a chuckle on people's faces, you know, and that's, uh, that's my motivation to get out there and, and be positive and energetic. Yeah, and you definitely do that. And I first came across you um, during one of your live feeds. And I think that is so cool that you get on so often with your busy schedule. I mean, now that you're touring again, I mean, you're, I mean, coming on here could have been, a, was probably a challenge. So you to take the time to, you know, talk to your fans and, and just enjoy some music and dance around and answer yeah. some questions. I just think that is so cool. And, uh, uh, really honestly, I mean, someone with a big following like yourself, uh, I think that's very positive for the fans to actually have someone who they admire. Obviously a lot of people admire and, uh, take the time to talk to them. So that's really cool. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you know, during the lockdown, I, even though I did get to do a couple of shows here and there, I mean, TikTok was my conduit to the world. I mean, for many people that downloaded it during the lockdown, you know, and um, uh, I, you know, I, every day I was out there, I, 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 it was like a job to me, you know, getting out there, trying to get out there and hustle and stuff and trying to network and trying to set up shows and stuff like that. And now that my schedule is back on and I don't, necessarily have to rely on uh you know any financial gain from the social media but i still you know i still love doing it and i feel like that's my purpose and you know there's so much negativity on social media and there's so much bullying and and people see me and they go clearly you were bullied i'm like yeah i still get bullied but you know what i've been bullied to my face so this online stuff i really don't care what strangers think but you know what if i'm as happy as I am being bullied, you know, to my face uh, throughout my life and I'm still smiling and loving life, what's your excuse, you know? So I really believe that there's a purpose and a reason why I, you know, I'm on this app and if we can all make a couple people smile a day, you know, the life uh, life would be a lot better and the world would be a much nicer place. So. Yes, I agree 100%. Uh, I'm the same way. I'm I've taught myself early on just because of what I went through um, in childhood with uh, an abusive father and, and an alcoholic of a father. I learned throughout my teenage to adult years that putting a smile on someone's face instead of making someone angry is a lot better day. It just, I feel when you argue, you don't 
no one gets their point across. Everybody's mad. Everybody just, so if you turn something into something funny and someone, and then you could laugh about it, I think that gives you time to think. And it makes you realize that life's too short to be fighting over nonsense, you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I agree a hundred percent. And those bullies, uh, I hope they learn that as well. Um, I know everybody deals with them and, you know, really TikTok is really bad. Pretty much everybody I've spoken to on this podcast uh, has had issues with bullying in the past on TikTok and myself included. And it's just, you know, I, I'm one that just, I could let it go. It doesn't bother me, but I know a lot of people, it does affect emotionally. And uh, I've had some friends that it was just a lot for them and they couldn't handle you know, being insulted and, and bullied like that. So, yeah, well, that's why it's important to have people out there that are saying, listen, you know what? It's not all about the likes and the follows. It's not about, you know, the, you, you don't need these strangers to validate you. If you're a good person and you work hard, you know, there's nothing that should hold you back. And, you know, um, it doesn't matter what strangers think. Surround yourself with good people that will boost you up. You know, uh, life is not easy for everybody. Everybody's got a story, like you just mentioned. You've got one too, and it, the fact is, is you've obviously you've rose, risen above it. You know, you've you you're resilient. That gave you character and substance and a inner strength that you probably didn't believe you had either. You know, and these are the things that. People, you know, that have had any trauma or difficulties in their life or adversity, as long as you say, listen, yeah, this has happened in my life, but you know what? I dealt with it and I'm still moving forward. And that's the lesson that we learn from this is we always just got to keep moving forward. Everybody's got a story. Everybody's got baggage. We've all made mistakes, but you know what? Learning from them and always trying to move forward and uh, always, you know, push for the positive, you know, is the most important thing that we need to, uh, I think, instill in our, in our young people that are on TikTok. Yes, I agree. And do you also have a, a YouTube channel? I do. Well, I'm a bit slacky. Okay. Um, I do. I have Tanya Lee Davis, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Clapper, TikTok, you know, the whole shebang. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I'm 51 years old. I need a young person in my life to help me sort out all this stuff. I'm lucky I can keep up with TikTok and Clapper and Facebook and Instagram at this point. So, uh, I do post stuff on, ins- on my YouTube channel, but I need to get a little bit more disciplined and frequent with it. As far as TikTok goes, I know putting the smile on people's faces is important, but what are your ultimate goals with TikTok? What are you trying to achieve from TikTok as a whole? Well, one of the things that I learned after, like I said, spending two to six hours a day uh, <laughs> talking to people is that everybody wants them be like, what are your biggest challenges? What are your biggest problems? And I'm like, but I don't want to talk about my problems. We've all got problems. I want to tell you about all the wonderful things I have done in my life. You see me, I'm a little person, I'm three foot three, I'm 51, I got white hair, you know, but I'm energetic, I've got a tattoo on my forearm that says unstoppable me, and that is because no matter what size, color, gender, race, religion, you know, if you believe in yourself, you don't put yourself in boxes and make excuses for why you can't achieve your own greatness in the world, 
Um, and this, this is why I feel very strongly now about going on TikTok is because I, I believe that my message transcends, you know, geographic, racial, gender barriers, and that people need to have somebody to kick them in the butt, you know, inspire and motivate them. And that is, I just, you know, that is now my, my motivation. And then also, obviously, I'm on tour. So for the people that enjoy my comedy is I, I use social media to push my shows and, you know, try to sell tickets and get the word out so people can come meet me in person and, you know, get to have a, have a good time, you know, in yeah. one-on-one or in, you know, in, at the show. That's amazing. That's such a good answer. And uh, so with your comedy, what's, what's your favorite part about stand-up comedy doing it all these years? What, what amps you up the most about just getting out there and, and putting on a show? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, we've had this lockdown. So just being back on stage, like mm-hmm. literally to be able to perform in front of human beings again and seeing them smile, at, not at all places. Unfortunately, some of the places, you know, people are still required to wear masks in the showroom and stuff like that. But at least, you know, it's one step closer than doing it virtually. Doing stand-up comedy through the computer was you know, I'll take it if that's my only option. Sure. However, you know, to feel that energy in the room and that connection. And I like, I really like looking people in the eyes and, and making a connection. And, and just, I, I mean, my act is so autobiographical. So obviously I'm talking about my life and all my experiences and, you know, the crazy things I get into being a dwarf, you know, changing room doors, coming up to my boobs. So my butt's hanging out, you know, like these are real life things that have happened to me, but they're funny. So I'm going to laugh and I'm going to let people know that it's okay to laugh at the, at, you know, at life and the crazy situations, you know, life's too short. Have fun. Yes, absolutely. So what other things do you do other than, uh, than uh, other than comedy? What, what else do you enjoy? Well, I mean, I love traveling. I'm a daughter of an airline pilot. So, you know, traveling around the world has been a thing. And, uh, um, you know, my husband uh, is from North Carolina originally, a small town. So we uh, we met 25 years ago online on a chat channel. We were together for a year and a half. We went our separate ways. We each married and divorced other people. Uh, We had a 14-year break. And now we're back together. And I'm dragging him all over the... United States currently, uh, much to his dismay. So, uh, you know, just trying to me, keep me going and keeping me happy is, uh, you know, is the, is the main plan and keeping my husband from not healing over, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't know how long neither of us got left. So we're just riding this bad boy out till we don't stop no more. Yeah. So, wow. 14 years uh, did did you guys stay in contact that whole time, or how did you guys reconnect? Well, in, yeah, intermittently, uh, you know, via Facebook. When his dad passed away, I was very close with his parents, so, you know, he called me, and, you know, once in a blue moon, we'd talk, and if I was out in the area performing, uh, he would come out to see me, and I would, his son was, you know, two years old when I first was in his life, and so I'd go visit and go see, you know, baseball games and stuff, and now he's 27 years old and he's a, you know, manager of financial advisors for one of the biggest, uh, uh, you know, uh, Morgan Stanley or whatever, you know, investment brokers. So he's doing very well. So we're very proud. 
Wow, that's so awesome. Have you ever done any uh, stand-up comedy on any TV shows, or have you done radio shows, anything like that? Yeah, uh, over my career, well, being that I travel so often. Uh, so in the U.S., I was on TV every year for about six years straight for mm -hmm. a long time. So I've done, like, uh, Last Comic Standing, uh, 30 Seconds to Fame, Maury Povich, David Tell's Insomniac, um uh, then uh moved to the uk and i did uh the, the biggest shows over there live at the apollo that was in front of four thousand people wow. uh that's the biggest comedy show over there uh the john bishop show the last leg i've been on tv shows in australia with the comedy festival uh tv shows in canada with the comedy festival the winnipeg comedy festival done a couple of movies one called el matador uh, one called For the Love of Money, and I was in the teaser for Austin Powers Gold Member, uh, and in a music video for the band Naughty by Nature. Oh, wow. Uh, the band, I think the song was called Holiday. I played a police officer, so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, episode of The X-Files. Yeah, you know, throughout my, my career, I've done bibs and bobs all over, so it's been quite rewarding. Yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Uh, I had no idea that your resume was that extensive. Like, that's awesome. And so when you did Last Comic Standing, how um, how long ago was that? Uh, I So that was season two. So I, I, I think they had about five or six seasons there for a long. So this would have been, I think, early 2000, right? Yeah, so I quite a bit, you know, yeah, I'm going on 20-some years ago now. Um, yeah, I was supposed to be in season one with Ralphie May. I was told that I was part of the show and stuff, and then I showed up, and I did, you know, an audition, and then they went like, nope, sorry, and I was like, but I thought I was part of it. Yeah. It's all, it's all prearranged. Sure. Anyway, the next year, I was like, whatever. Uh, so I happened to be in Nashville, Tennessee, hanging out with some of my comedian friends when they were having the audition and I got pulled out of line and then I auditioned and they said yes we want you to come back that night so I was on the TV uh, uh, that episode I sort of made that next round uh, but it was the same episode that Burt Kreischer and John Heffron were both auditioning so those two and John and Heffron ended up winning it uh, I think Burt was in the top two or three uh, so you know it's all, it's all manipulated. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a good TV credit. Yeah, and so was was Roseanne on one of the judges at that time? No, this was way back, uh, right at the beginning. So I'm trying to think who was, who was it? Roseanne? I don't think it was. I'm trying yeah. to. I can't, it was so long ago now. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, despite her. Uh, troubles she's gone through in the last few years uh i just thought she was always been like a very hilarious person and i'm just curious yeah so. well, well she's had i mean as a female comic I, I applaud any any well any professional comedians but then female comedians that have gone to her level i mean she's paved the way for the likes of me and yeah so she's had an extraordinary career and i'll always be grateful yeah i would love i would love to meet her which she i was part of a um, a, a friend of mine wrote a pilot for a TV series, and uh, I was the owner of a porn uh, store in Oregon. That was the in my character, and I was also a dominatrix on the slide. Uh, and I oh, it's like my dream role. 
Yeah. Uh, anyway, Roseanne was uh, supposed to be one of the producers on it, but then it ended, you know, just ended up by the wayside, like things do, unfortunately. So. Sure. <laughs> so, um, oh, that had another. Okay. So, who are your favorite stand-up comedians that you enjoy watching the most? Well, you know what? I don't watch a lot of comedy. I don't have. Okay. We don't watch TV. So, uh, but I mean, I grew up with Robin Williams. You know, Steve Martin, the old school, you know, comics. Uh, now that we've lost Betty White, I'm devastated. Carol Burnett is the last, like, you know, female comic that I idolize uh, that I would love to meet before uh, before her passing. Uh, so, you know, any of the long time, you know, Martin Short, John Candy. I, I did get to meet John Candy in uh, Winnipeg, my home city, because he was a... Uh, he was one of the owners of the Toronto Argonauts football team way back in the day. And his football team was playing our football team. And I was at a bar and John Candy was off in the back in a private room. And I literally crawled between the security guard's legs to try to get to John Candy. And I got busted. But John saw me and my determination. So he was like, let her come through. So I got to sit beside him and uh, talk to him. And I was just like, ooh. Oh, that's so oh, awesome. Yeah. I loved John Candy. Oh, a Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Home Alone. I, 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 oh, my, actually, my favorite was with him and uh, Steve Martin, Planes, Trains, Planes, and Automobiles. Trains, Trains, and Automobiles. Love that movie. Not, right? Those are not pillows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's so amazing. And to see how much even the comedy world has has grown even since i was a kid you know i was an 80s kid and i lived out in la 2005 to 2007 i was also pursuing acting i ended up landing a job in editing so i did a lot of movie editing and tv show editing and uh so i got to do a lot of the behind the scenes going on sets and hanging out with all these people and um one of the things i got to do that i really enjoyed was I became pretty good uh, friends with Polly Shore and he has the comedy store there in LA. So every time there was a big show, he would have me come in and he'd sit me front row. So, I mean, I'm seeing Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan and all these really big time people. And uh, it was just amazing, but just walking through there and have, have you been to the comedy store? Yeah. My name is on the wall. I, uh, yeah. We're a girl that grew up in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. I'm very uh, honored to have my name on the world famous comedy store. I got passed by Mitzi Shore. I just saw Polly actually a couple weeks ago. I was performing, I was headlining in Las Vegas, uh, at the Tropicana, the laugh factory. And he came down one night. Uh, so I saw it and he actually now lives in Vegas. So we're moving to Vegas. Yeah. So I, you know, I used to hang out with Polly and Joe and those guys all the time, Joe Rogan. Yeah. I'm i I'm a comedy store comic. So. Oh, that's amazing. Memories. Yeah. That's so honored. cool. Yeah. Polly's actually doing, he has a band now in LA or in uh, Las Vegas that he's performing with. Right. Yeah, well, he didn't mention that, but... Oh, okay. That's what I had seen on his Instagram, yeah. Oh, okay. Could be. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool, because where, where I was going with that was just walking into the comedy store and looking at all the photos they have on the wall with all these, like... I mean, all the artists you talked about, you know, Robin Williams and uh, Steve Martin, and you got Bob Saget, you've got... Yeah. Uh, David just, Letterman, oh. uh, yeah, that's just uh, yeah, Sam Kinison, uh, Ralphie May, and I. Ralphie May used to be uh, 
one of my best buddies, and we actually got passed together the same night at the comedy store. And when you're at the in the comedy store hallway and you walk up the up the three stairs into the original room, my photo and his photo are right there as you're walking into the original room. Uh, so it's pretty cool that uh, I think either I'm on top of him or he's on top of me, but either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so awesome. I was I was really saddened to hear about his passing. He was he was so funny, and I never got a chance to meet him. And uh, wonderful man. Um, yeah, and he seemed like he would be. And um, yeah, it's just we've lost too many iconic uh, comedians, even yep. in uh, the last twenty years. And uh, yeah, um, well, even just through this pandemic, there's more. I know more people that have killed themselves. You know, entertainers. Uh, they couldn't cope with the whole lockdown and that right. sort of thing. You know. And it, yeah, it's it's very sad. Yeah. So, how long? Uh, how often did you perform there at the comedy store? Uh, well, I lived in LA for seven years, and so I was, you know, there, you know, a couple times a week. You, you call in on the Monday, and you're like, you tell them your availability, and then I think on the Thursday they'll call you and say, all right, here's your schedule, whether or not you had, you know, what time you show up. You know, you're lucky if you got in, you only get paid if you get, you know, uh, on stage. But, you know, if anybody famous showed up and they you got bumped, mm-hmm. you know, you, you didn't get paid. So there's always, you know, these big muscle guys that show up. And my God, going on. You're like, you already have a TV show. The rest of us are trying to get stuff. Right. You know, I've made a day talk. <laughs> Save some for the rest of us. Yeah. And you mentioned that you were uh, on the teaser of Austin Powers Gold Member. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so I, I loved the Austin Powers series, um, but I, I guess I don't remember, or maybe I did see it and I just don't remember uh, seeing you. Uh, was well, it ju- the teaser, okay, so when, uh, most people don't realize what a teaser is. So the teaser goes out in movie theaters um, about six months before the actual movie. So this was back when the Titanic movie was out. So I actually got to see myself in the theater. So we were there watching the movie, the Titanic, but you know how they do the previews and the, you know, the, and so what a teaser is, it is like coming this summer. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they recreated the opening scene to Austin Powers, the original, where Austin's running through the streets, he's ducking and hiding, and he's getting chased by all the hot chicks. Well, they recreated that scene with Vern Troyer uh, playing Austin Minnie. And then I was a go-go dancer, and uh, I so I had a dance scene, and then we had like a chase scene. Um, and so they recreated that whole opening sequence with all little people. Okay. And uh, so that came out in the theaters uh, in like December. And it said, you know, coming this July, Austin Powers Gold member. <laughs> you know, and then they had they showed the thing. So if, if anybody has the DVD to Austin Powers Gold member, it is on the back of the DVD. But I'm wearing like a little blonde wig. I got glasses. I'm one of, you know, a gazillion dwarves. So it's hard to pick me out i saw me on the big screen but uh you know when you're watching it on a television it's a i'm in there somewhere <laughs> that's so awesome did you get a chance to uh, meet mike myers by chance yes he did oh. he did uh, actually come on set so i did get to meet him which was very cool yeah being canadian and all as well so that's yeah huge. yeah i've always uh i've always wondered what he'd be like in real life and uh I'm surprised I haven't seen him in so long. I don't know what he's been doing. I know doing he's and... been. I, you know, well, yeah. 
this is the thing you think is like maybe he's in hiding or he's just stopped or he's you know he's producing stuff and you don't really see him in front of the camera so you know i'm sure he's busy doing some stuff hopefully yeah. coming out with some new great movies he's yeah like, i'd be excited for that for sure uh so let's i guess rewind back to tiktok a little bit and what inspires you to create the content that you do like what when you get on there what you're like i'm gonna make a video what makes you think of what you're going to do at that moment in time well i mean at the end of the day like i know obviously being a dwarf and my body shaped differently and i i walk on my tippy toes you know i'm very tippy over you know like i you know i use a cane now Sure. But I do I do dance videos and I do them the best I can as close to the TikTok version and I just rock out because I know that people like to watch me. They like to watch little people. That's why little people shows are so prevalent on television. We live in a voyeur society. And the fact that people uh, really love the fact that I'm just going balls to the walls and just rocking out and I really don't care what other people think and that's why i tell people you know what if you're having fun if you just go out there and you put all your just lay it all on the line that's when people go yeah that's all right you know that those are the videos that people respond to when they can tell you you're just you're just having fun and uh yeah that's what i do and i like i said educate some of my videos or talk about my clothes where i get my clothes and show my husband cutting my leggings off, you know, and then I've got all this extra material, so I'll make accessories, you know, just silly stuff, you know, because it's reality, but, you know, you got to use humor to get your point across. And right. uh, that's that's what I do. And when your first video went viral, what went through your head? Were you just kind of like, well, wow, I had no idea that, because just just like yourself and so many other people, I think TikTok's only as big as it is right now because of the pandemic. I honestly yeah. think it was very small. And once everybody was quarantined at home, they found this app that you can videotape yourself and have people watch you do whatever talent you have. And um, yeah. it just blew up. So I, that was also, you know, what happened with me. And uh, I guess when I, my first video went viral, I just, I couldn't believe it. I, I'd never happened. That's never happened to me in any other social media. And, um, you know, just seeing every time I looked at my phone, it was like another thousand people had seen my video and within seconds and I was just blown away. So how did you feel when, I mean, you've already come from kind of a background of entertainment. So you have known a lot of people and a lot of people have known you. So did, did it really have that effect on you when you went viral? Well, I, it did because I, I mean, I had no idea what the, you know, uh, with the magnitude of TikTok and the viewership and that sort of thing. And, and the fact that my first viral video, if you will, was an actual stand-up comedy bit, that makes me feel better. Because yeah. even now, even though I have 2.6 million followers, a lot of people have no idea that I do stand-up comedy. You know, they just like watching my dance videos or watching me do, you know, silly voices and stuff like that. You know, um uh, so, yeah, I, I try to drop in some stand-up jokes here and there or at least push, you know, my comedy tour so that people realize that that is my main. Not only am I cute and adorable and I'm a, you know, TikTok granny kind of thing, but I'm also, 
my job is stand-up comedy and this is what I do and, you know, I hope people will come out and see me in person as opposed to just admiring it from afar via the TikTok. <laughs> sure. And do you plan on having more of just stand-up bits on your TikTok? I do whatever, you know, however the mood. Like, I like the trends, the certain dance trends and stuff, or I'll figure out, you know, uh, you know, just silly videos and that make me laugh. You know, some of them I, you just never know. I mean, the one that blows my mind that did it is still doing ridiculous for me is I had my water bottle, my pink coldest water bottle, and I did the, you know, that screech, screech mm-hmm. you know, that from the jump, jump, you know, right. me dragging the water bottle across. And that absolutely blew up. And wow. it's super simple and just, you know, like just ridiculous. But it's unreal. It's, I think, up to four million or something like that. It's, it's, it's crazy. You know, there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. And do you use hashtags or do you just post the video? Well, lately I've just been posting my name, Tanya Lee Davis, and FYP, and sometimes I'll, you know, I'll Unstoppable Me, uh, but yeah, I've kind of actually toned down on the hashtags just to see if it would switch, you know, things up, because you just, you never know what the algorithms, and I feel sometimes I get stuck in a slump, and you know, you gotta try something else to shock the system, I don't know. You know, I, I get my videos taken down for ridiculous things. I, 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 uh, I duetted one of my favorite videos that I did on TikTok. I was scrolling through and I saw a video of a T-Rex in the toilet, in the bathroom, having a pee. And you can hear the T-Rex tinkling. And then the T-Rex is looking for the toilet paper. And you see the T-Rex trying to reach for the toilet paper. Well, in my act, I talk about the fact that I have T-Rex arms. So when I watched the video of the T-Rex trying to reach the toilet paper, I was like, oh, these are my people. You know, like, <laughs> I can relate. So I did a duet of me on the toilet trying to reach for my toilet paper. And I it was so much fun. And I was like, this is my favorite video. And it was going viral like nobody's business. And then it got taken down. It got reported for bullying and harassment. What? <laughs> yes, apparently I triggered the T-Rex Association. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That... I mean, so, anyway, obviously it got reposted, but then it lost its momentum. So, I put it back up, and it got a pin now. We're up to about 250,000 views, but, yeah, it was going gangbusters there. But that's that's what's very annoying, is when you know you're putting something and good stuff out there, something original or funny, yet some dumbass you know, reports you just because, you know, they don't want to see you doing well and, you know, it slows the videos down and it takes the momentum away, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah. I've had some pretty ridiculous video taken down myself. Uh, mine was also a, a duet, um, or I think I did a stitch. I'm sorry. And <laughs> so do you remember those ones where people would sneak something into the other person's drink and then they would cheers and then have them drink something which they thought was juice or something but it was really something disgusting okay okay so i stitched one and it was this guy and a girl and their video had millions of views like millions and so what he does he puts a pickle in her drink and she and it was obviously all staged but she went to the refrigerator 
and made sure she bent over in front of the camera and she's wearing a thong. And then he com- she comes back and he's like, oh, here, take a drink. And she had made him look over here and he swapped the drinks. Well, anyway, when uh, he said it's time for a drink, that's when I popped myself in. And I was bent over, but just in my boxers. I wasn't showing anything. And I looked back, I was like, oh, it's drink time, you know, and I was just messing around. And they flagged it for nudity. And it wasn't nudity on my part, but it was nudity from the video I stitched with. But that video is still up and going. Yep. Yep. (laughs) So I'm like, how am I getting faulted for this? Exactly. It's because her butt looks a lot nicer than your. Yeah, that's 100 percent. Yep. Yeah, in no rhymer, I got taken down for nudity and stuff like that. And I'm sitting, you know, like sitting in a tank top or a sports bra type, you know, bathing suit top as opposed to a bikini or a thong that all these young girls are shaking their bits around. And this is what upsets me is, you know, they sort of reward that type of behavior on this app. And, you know, we are dealing with some dodgy people on this app as well. And, you know, so to for somebody like me or you that if trying to post positive stuff and, you know, funny stuff, but then to, for it to get taken down yet keeping that, you know, the child, the, uh, you know, sure. you look kind of stuff up there is like not cool. Yeah. Not cool. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, TikTok's a, a world of its own. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So I have a few questions I like to start to end the show with. It's kind of just like a fast response. Uh, get to know you a little bit better. Okay. And um, if that's okay, I'd like to ask you those. Okay. So my first one is, what is your favorite movie and your favorite TV show? Well, I can't. I'm going to give you my top five movies because I can't make a decision. So okay. uh, I'm old school. So I love The Sound of Music, uh, Dirty Dancing, As Good As It Gets, Good Will Hunting, uh, Bad Santa. Uh, yeah, those are my top movies. TV shows, I don't really watch a lot of TV. Uh, we don't have a TV, but, you know... Um, uh, I like the movie Bosch, like on Netflix uh, or Amazon Prime, uh, Ozark. You know, I like crime, crime mystery, drama type mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I like murder porn. <laughs> I call it murder porn. So the ID, investigative discovery channel, anybody that's getting killed, that's my kind of stuff. Yeah. Did you happen to watch the uh, documentary on... Um... Netflix about that family, the Watts family. Ooh, no. Okay, so it's at, it was a big deal, and I know you've heard of it in the news, but um, this guy Chris Watts, he actually murdered his pregnant wife and then also his two daughters, and here in Colorado. Oh. And um, so they made it's a it's really fascinating. But I, I actually knew the guy because uh, I worked for the company that he worked for, and um, so. Just, I was just curious if you. Had, What's the uh, name of the show? Um, I think it's called like a family murder, or something like that. It's definitely a Netflix uh, documentary okay. special, oh. so you could find it on there. Yeah, I'll take a look. But it's yeah, it's interesting and it's very eerie that being around that guy as much as I was, I never picked up any any vibe like that. But 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a sociology degree with an emphasis in criminology, and I worked in a men's prison, uh, volunteered in a men's prison for three years with murderers, and I got to, you know, listen and counsel, and yeah, I believe everybody's capable of, you know, if you're pushed to the right, you know, you're just gonna not snap. It's very sad, very sad. <laughs> what about your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite, what's your favorite food? Well, uh, I love Chick-fil-A and big fan of Chick-fil-A and In-N-Out Burger are my two favorite chains, one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast. Yeah. And Cracker Barrel. Oh, I yeah. love a Waffle House. Oh, I love a Waffle House. Yes. Yeah. I'm not fancy. I like <laughs> burger basement kind of stuff. <laughs> I think we've gotten three In-N-Outs in Colorado now in the past year and a half, so... It's pretty exciting. We've gone a couple times. It's yeah. it's awesome. Yummy, we yummy. love it. Oh yeah. How about your favorite pizza topping? Uh oh, well, yeah, much to most people's chagrin. I like pineapple and mushroom. Yeah. I love pineapple on my pizza okay, as well. There you go. Yeah, so. I love fruit on my pizza. And what about uh what's your New Year's resolution since we are in a new year's now? Well, just to keep um doing what I love. I mean, just keep uh, I believe I'm on the right track. Well, it looks like we're going to be moving to Vegas. I've got a couple of leads on potentially getting my own residency in Vegas. So that this year, I'm just going to keep throwing it stuff to the wall. I'm hoping to get uh, possibly a dry bar special or, you know, if anybody out there, Netflix, email Netflix, tell them, you know, do you want to see me on a special? Yeah, I just would like to try to get something here in the States to sort of boost up my profile a little bit more uh yeah. and finally who is your favorite tiktok creator oh man favorite oh gosh oh that's a toughie because there's I, I get really inspired by people that have like weight loss journeys that are just busting out uh, there's this one girl, I think her name's Jess. She's a really heavy girl and she puts little eyeballs on her tummy, uh, <laughs> and stuff like she's, you know, was, uh, you know, morbidly obese and she's lost almost 200 pounds, but she still wow. gets fat shamed and stuff like that. But I love her sense of humor. You know, I love tow truck, tow truck Jess. Uh, I love her story. She's one that I consider, you know, a young woman who has is a mom and has made some mistakes, but she is really working her butt off to do right by her kids. And I love stories like that where I see that people are really working their butts off and, you know, they're putting their lives out there. And if we do that, we are at the mercy of the trolls and, you know, public opinion and people, everybody's got an opinion of what you should be doing. But you know what? For those people out there, just stay the course, stick with your, you know, your weight loss journey or addiction journey, you know, to recovery and, you know, whatever. You know, I just, I get motivated, inspired by those types of people. And I, yeah, I like to support those people. I love that. That's awesome. That's very cool. All right. Well, Tanya, it's been so much fun talking to you. I, I'm really happy I got to now because I had no idea, like I said earlier, the, how much you've done. And I think that's absolutely amazing. So now I'm really going to be looking for you everywhere. And uh, I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time with me. And uh, I wish you all the best. And 
I really hope your touring just gets more and more amazing, if it can even get any better. Well, I've done two TED Talks as well. I forgot to mention that. TED Talks are very uh, prestigious. You be, have to be invited to. And I did one in Liverpool, England, and one in Cyprus. So uh, people can check out those as well. I'm very proud of those. Okay, yeah. Is there anything else? I, I didn't even ask this. I'm sorry. Is there anything else you'd well, like to plug? Check out my tour schedule. I'm going to be in Virginia and Florida, Maryland, Pennsylvania. So, uh, you know, I'll be all over the country. And if, uh, if I'm not anywhere near you people, then you need to call your local comedy clubs and request Tanya Lee Davis, the little person can eat. Absolutely. And you have a, a merch website as well, don't you? I do. Yeah, I have a couple of links. I have a Beacons link in my main profile of my TikTok. That'll take you to all things Tanya Lee Davis on social media. My merch link in my wedding video. Uh, if you want to see Kevin and uh, Kevin dancing on his knees uh, <laughs> with me on our wedding day. It's beautiful. Okay. And then uh, what? Uh, I guess for when you do start getting into... Uh, your YouTube a little bit more. Uh, where could we find that channel? Yep, Tanya Lee Davis. Everything's Tanya Lee Davis. Okay. Yep, everything's linked in my Beacons link. All right, perfect. And like I said, this has been so much fun, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Uh, when I told my wife I was talking to you, she was ecstatic, so <laughs> she was really excited <laughs> for it. All right, say hi. I will. So thank you so much, and uh, you take care, and I hope we get to chat again soon. Talking, tick talking, with Kevin Hughes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what did you think of that? Pretty damn amazing, right? Tanya is such a nice person. She's hilarious. Ah, uh, yeah. I had no idea how much she had done in her life and with comedy, and yeah, absolutely amazing. And it's funny because you heard the story about me going to the comedy store and uh, had no idea that she performed frequently at the comedy store. I mean, there's a good chance that I have seen her before and I just don't remember. But yeah, it's it's amazing how much she's done and she's still going strong. And uh, I would if she's check out her her page, um, check out online her tour dates. And if she's coming to an area near you, definitely try to make that show. It's it's going to be awesome. But uh, every Every week I try to thank all you guys for listening and it's it's really been a blessing and you know 2022 uh, I think is just going to be my biggest year yet. I I can't tell you how humbled I am from launching this podcast in September and it has just gotten so many people's attention and so many listeners and so many people interested in just getting to know all the people they that inspire them every day looking at TikTok and you know watching movies and TV shows or models and it's just been absolutely amazing getting to know these people and I'm so happy you guys are enjoying it and just having this much attention since since September I really know that 2022 Having a full year of doing this is going to be absolutely amazing. And the people I have lined up for you, oh man, it's it's going to be so good. So thank you guys for everything. And let's kick off this year with the best of times and the happiest of times. Let's get past all the COVID shit. Let's get it done. Let's have some fun. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.